we will discuss yesterday's Queer Liberation March. The march, organized by the Reclaim Pride Coalition, drew more than 10,000 people. For more than two hours, they marched peacefully and joyously through the streets of Lower Manhattan, proclaiming their support for Black Lives Matter, stopping by the Stonewall Inn in the West Village, where the modern gay rights movement was born, before heading over to Washington Square Park. And then, out of nowhere, came a police riot, as we heard during the headlines a little earlier. Joining us this evening to talk about what happened yesterday is Jake Tolan, one of the organizers of yesterday's march for the Reclaim Pride Coalition. Jake, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. Um, So before we talk about uh, the Reclaim Pride Coalition and some of the messaging uh, you all had uh, developed around yesterday's march, can you break down what happened at the end of the march uh, when we had this uh, apparent police riot? And have you heard anything more from NYPD today um, as far as an explanation goes? Um, We're taking those questions in different pieces. The the last thing you asked about more word that we've heard, not really. I mean, we've we've seen things on the Internet. We've kind of been able to piece little bits of information together, but uh, I don't think we've heard any official word from them. So I don't know that I should necessarily comment on it for this. protection of the people who were arrested. Okay. Um, but basically, what happened? Um, the march was kind of winding down. The very last people were reaching the end point, which is Washington Square uh, Park. And there was a large crowd of dancing people there. Someone brought a sound system, and they were just playing music. Um, so the intersection was filled with dancers. And a police officer attempted to arrest arrest someone um, through this crowd of people, which they didn't enjoy. Um, And so they attempted to de-arrest this person by surrounding the officer. Um, And when that happened, probably a good two dozen more cops rushed in, uh, pushing people out of the way, throwing people to the ground um, to try and back up this officer who was surrounded. Um, And keep in mind, the, the protesters and the marchers are doing this uh, peacefully. So they're, they're not preventing, they're preventing him from moving, but they're not attacking him or anything like that. Right. Um, so these cops rush in, and at that point they start pepper spraying people as well. They probably uh, maced 10 to 12 people, I would say, um, and, and they began pushing through the crowd um, I saw them push one person who was kind of standing on the base of a uh, a turn signal uh, for the street and uh, a traffic light. That's what it's called. Um, and they pushed him right off it to the ground. And so he landed, like, fell several feet onto his back, but seemed to be fine. Mm. Um, yeah, and then they kind of made their way west on Waverly, which I think is a street that just borders the north side of the park. Um and so then two things kind of happened. One was there was this large crowd of people that were injured from <laughs> being hit by batons and being pepper sprayed and and everything. And so we needed to calm down that initial area and make sure that everyone received first aid, which thankfully I don't believe that anyone needed to go to the hospital. We were able to um, administer that first aid on site. And then another group of people really jumped into action and and put their money where their mouth is about this mission of protecting 
black trans lives and and seeing a world without police by de-escalating and essentially, you know, locking arms and pushing the police out so that they could not hurt us any more than they already have. Um, and that, that was a really, I'm really proud that we were able to create a community that was able to so quickly jump into action and commit to control and nonviolence and actually de-escalate a situation when you have a police force that is rioting. Absolutely. And, and one other thing I noticed watching the videos last night is, is almost uh, none of the police were wearing masks as they charged into, into the crowd. I and mean, we've seen this before, but it, it to me, it just sort of underscores the lack of professionalism of, of the NYPD that we see so frequently these days. I mean, yeah, I mean, they never wear masks. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I will say I did see a couple of officers throughout the entire march route who had a mask on. Uh, right, probably they, the only two that don't watch Fox News. Um, <laughs> but um, so uh, so this is really unfortunate. But uh, just to kind of circle back a little bit, can you talk about uh, why the Reclaim Pride Coalition was founded in 2019 and has held an alternative march uh, now in each of the last two years? Um, well, so the, the Reclaim Pride Coalition was actually founded in 2018. We okay. held our inaugural Queer Liberation March in 2019. And the impetus was really, we are all veteran queer activists from a lot of different organizations. We call it a coalition because it, it's entirely flat and it's just built up of all these other organizations who want to be part of us. Um, and we had all recognized that the existing NYC Pride Parade was no longer speaking to us for a lot of reasons. It didn't really have any political weight behind it. And it was so invested in its partnership with the NYPD that it, it actually became very intimidating and potentially very dangerous for a lot of people um, beyond the, the just the police harassing and arresting and, and potentially assaulting people, um, which most of us have seen probably every year of just black and brown young people who are having a good time on their day who the police decided should not be having that good time. Um, and we initially tried to work with uh, Heritage of Pride, who runs that parade, uh, to try to make it a more political event and try to address some of these concerns about the over-policing and the lack of representation or, or investment from the community. And they just didn't want to change. So, <laughs> so in 2018, we said, okay, we'll do our own march. Then. And that was the Queer Liberation March that last year. And we... We did it very intentionally from the beginning to center people in our community who are especially at risk, understanding that to build up the LGBT community, the queer community, which we use to be inclusive of that whole acronym, um, we need to start by lifting up the people who are hurting the most. And so our events have always really been about centering black lives and trans lives. And this year we just felt because of what is happening in the world maybe people didn't get that quite enough last year so let's really drive it home <laughs> right and and uh, before yesterday's march you wrote on on your facebook page uh, i'm quoting here if your lgbtq activism primarily or exclusively benefits white gay men you are not doing lgbtq activism all you are doing is making it so that gayness is no longer an, an impediment to whiteness, and that is white supremacy. 
Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> um, or, yeah, that's one of my mottos. <laughs> but um, basically what I mean is so much of the gay rights movement that we've seen in the past um, has been, and this is, I think, emblematic of what the, the NYC Pride March has become as well, has been about assimilating and trying to make it so that people who already had access to wealth and had a relatively conservative lifestyle could reintegrate back into society without uh, without their gayness holding them back. But the entire LGBT community is not those people. I mean, most of the queer people that I know are not white, first of all. Most of them don't identify as men. Most of them don't have a lot of money. And so all those things that are meant to, you know, make people like Pete Buttigieg such an, an you know an icon of gay rights don't they don't mean a lot to those people um, and it's not really helping them so when we look at what gay rights is and what queer liberation is as we call it, it it is making sure that every that every single queer person is being lifted up and we're not leaving anyone behind so that means disabled people that means black people that means homeless people we're all queer and we all deserve to have a a just and equal society. Right. And and for, for people who may not realize it, the, the original Stonewall Rebellion in, in June 1969, which was being celebrated yesterday, uh, that was really sparked by, by two uh, black trans women, correct? Or, or I, I don't know if Sylvia Rivera identified okay. as black, uh, but, right. but there black was and also Latina. Uh, Stormé DeLarbery, who was the one who really incited people to fight back as well. And I, I but I also I don't know if she identified as a or I don't know if Stormy identified as a woman. So, okay, but it was definitely trans people of color. <laughs> okay, and yeah, because that was uh, I mean that was sort of overshadowed for a long time, but I think that's really started to come in in focus in in recent years when people talk about Stonewall. Um, and, and and last of all, uh, the the events of yesterday. Uh, you know, come at a time when when the mayor and the city council are being pressured to to def- defund the police. Uh, I guess for you, this uh, underscored uh, the, one more reason to uh, start uh, cutting into the NYPD budget. Exactly. I mean, it, it's it's. So I was a marshal in the march, and I and I've I've been marshaling different um, parades and marches and, and events for about twelve years, and. We all know when we do these things, because marshalling is essentially uh, community protection, where they, we are there to make sure that everyone at the event is safe. And so we all know, and it's built into basically every marshal training about how to deal with the police, because if violence happens, it's probably going to be because of them. Um, so none of so what happened, it wasn't exactly shocking to me. I mean, we kind of expected it in some respect, and it, it's... I, it is in some ways maybe coincidental or poetic that it happened, you know, 51 years to the day of the Stonewall riots. But also, when a, what other opportunities were we going to have for a bunch of queer people to get together and be really happy? I mean, if the police were going to break that up, it was going to be yesterday. <laughs> but, right. Well, we'll, um, we, we'll have to leave it there for now. Uh, we have another segment coming up. So, Jake, uh, thanks for joining us tonight on WBA. BI Evening News and, and giving us an important update on what happened yesterday. Yeah, thank you for having me. You bet.